Wednesday, and thanks for coming back to uh, for another minute of the Apollo 13 Minute, a uh, show where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDad.com. And I'm Chris Henry of the EAA Aviation Museum. And Chris, this uh, this minute makes me uh, uh, I it's like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's it's really bad. I, I love I love the moon, and they get the moon so wrong in this. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just thought let's let's, let's go over just uh, briefly what's what's going on in this particular minute. They they've gone theoretically behind the moon. They're behind you know they're behind the limb of the moon, so you can't see them from Earth. So they're in they're in the uh, um, the basically the radio shadow of the moon. They can't talk to NASA. And uh, we're looking at Fred Hayes is looking out the window, and and uh, Marilyn uh, Marilyn Lovell is sitting on is sitting in a chair crying while she's listening to static on the radio. And Fred Hayes and Jack Swigert are looking out the window and calling out the features on the moon. Now remember, they're on the back side of the moon; they're on the far side of the moon. And the very first thing that Fred Hayes says is, "Look, it's Frau Moro. I can see our landing site." They never were going to land on the backside of the moon. Frau Mora is the opposite of the backside of the moon. It's it's almost dead center as you're looking at the night sky at a full moon. It's it's right at about uh, maybe seven o'clock off the very middle of the moon. So it's just <laughs> if he's seeing Frau Mora, there's something seriously wrong with either the Apollo or the moon. And, uh, <laughs> it it just uh, uh, very frustrating. I mean, Fra- Frau Mora is such a it's an important landing site. It was, of course, you know, since Apollo 13 didn't land there, Apollo 14 would take over that mission and land in the Framoro uh, Highlands, which is uh, Framoro is a, is a very big. It's one of the oldest craters on the moon that still retains the shape of a crater. It's a filled-in crater, kind of in the middle, just below um, uh, the, the sea of uh, uh, the, the sea of clouds, uh, or um, and uh, or showers actually. And it's an it's an old area. It was also going to be the first time they landed in a hilly section. The, the, the first the first time they landed, Apollo eleven was as flat as it can get. The Sea of Tranquility is a pretty fat, flat spot. The, Apollo twelve, they were landing near a a surveyor spacecraft that landed in the ocean of storms, which is one of the largest planes on the on the moon. And then this one, they were going to be going into some hilly terrain to look at some older lava flows and, and seeing how a, a, a cra- craters had filled in. So it's it kind of very ancient soil there. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that they got that bit of geography wrong or selenography wrong um, because it, it really, it, it's key to understanding what, how we explored stuff on the moon. So anyway, I could go on and on for, <laughs> for days about Fra Morrow. So. <laughs> I always thought when I was growing up, and you know, this was all current events when I was growing up, and we watched we watched all the Apollo missions, and I always thought that just like you had to learn, you know, when you were kids, you had to learn Civil War battles, and you had to learn what Gettysburg was, and what the, you know, the, uh, the battles of Bull Run or Manassas and things like that. People would know that stuff, or you'd know about uh, George Washington and the Yorktown campaign, and and uh, you know, the idea of uh, of what was happening in history. I always thought kids around now, 50 years after the moon landing, they'd all have to memorize who landed in what spot on the moon. But yeah, I don't think that I don't think that's happened, and I I don't know how many kids know the moon like that. I don't think so. I mean, I certainly don't. I I knew there was a moon, but uh, <laughs> I certainly didn't have a you know a map of it and. Uh... That's, that's your knowledge of the moon is impressive. 
Well, it, I mean, it was just something that everybody, you know, I mean, we had, uh, I mean, I know kids have it today with you know, little magazines and we had the, the, my weekly reader was the big thing in elementary school and they'd oh, always yeah. give you, they'd always give you a big map of the moon and you'd have to learn where the different, uh, the seas on the moon were. And I, I learned these things. And now when I go to, um, sky parties, if I go to telescope nights and things like that, I'll meet people that don't know the moon and I can teach any, I can't do it over the podcast. But if I'm with somebody in person, I can teach them in about ten minutes where all the where all the uh, lunar seas and oceans are. And once you learn it, you'll never forget it. The way the way I teach it, it's it's easy to remember, and it's just basically cutting up the moon like a pie and talking about the different parts of the pie. So uh, anyway, the next time we're together, Chris, I'll teach you the moon. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, so we go from Framara, you know, if Fred's saying, look, it's Framara, I can see our landing site. And then, then uh, Swigert looks out and he goes, wow, look, there's a Tsiolkovsky crater. I can't believe how bright the ejecta blanket is and all this. Tsiolkovsky's crater is where they're at. <laughs> that's okay, because they're on the backside of the moon. And and Tsiolkovsky crater is, is very famous because it's the first thing we really learned besides the Van Allen belt. It was one of the first things we learned about space that we wouldn't know unless we went there and uh the the soviets had had launched a uh, a probe in uh i want to say i want to say no 50, i think it's like 58 or 59 it was one of the first probes and luna well it wasn't the first but luna 3 was the first probe to successfully send a picture back from the far side of the moon and the way they did it was fascinating the the soviets have a great way of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they just go with a very brute force approach to uh, to designing these things. So, what what the uh, what the Soviets did was they built a uh, a gigantic satellite that had uh, the equivalent of a one hour photo built into it. You know, a little processing lab, and next to it they put a a radio fax machine. And so what they did was this. Uh, <laughs> It's very simple. The, the the satellite was spinning and spinning and spinning. When it got near the moon, it stopped spinning and they turned on some gyro stabilizers. They had a photo cell. They had two photo cells, one on each side of the ship. One would point at the sun and the other would point at the moon. So it would it would point at the sun and get uh, aligned on one axis, and then it would spin itself the other way. To, and, and once the photo cell blinked, that knew they they knew that the camera was pointing back at the at the at the moon because it was the only thing bright enough in the sky that would light up the photo cell. Once that happened, the the camera would take a picture and then they would send it through the film processor, and then they'd take the the wet print and feed it through a fax machine, and that fax machine would shoot the picture back to Earth. Now, if you imagine the the resolution of a fax machine. A uh, picture of a, uh, a quickly developed uh, uh, photograph, uh, you know, two hundred thirty thousand miles out in space. The resolution wasn't all that great. I mean, it looked like a basically like a soggy newspaper. But it came back, and they could see the Tsiolkovsky crater was gigantic. It was it, it's it's the most prominent feature on the back of the moon. It's this gigantic lava filled crater, and. Uh, it you know it it gave us an idea since that was the only really big uh, feature on the back of the moon. It gave us the idea that the near side of the moon and the far side of the moon are completely different uh, environments, and and that's that's true to this day. That uh, the back of the moon being not protected by an Earth that's in the way, 
uh, was just pelted by meteors and you know smaller asteroids and things like that. So the whole back of it is just a pockmarked wreck, except for this recent uh, Tsiolkovsky crater uh, that was on the back of the moon. Wow. While we're on the subject of Tsiolkovsky, Tsiolkovsky, he's another guy that I always thought everybody should know the history. Uh, <laughs> they, they should know Konstantin Tsiolkovsky. He really, in, he was the inventor of rocket science. He's the, he's the fellow, and not only for rocket science, but for aviation. Long before there were airplanes, 18, 1880s, 1890s, he was coming up with equations that would figure out how much more thrust you'd have if you were using a, a, a plane that required, and remember, planes hadn't been invented, but if you were using some kind of an airship, as you were burning fuel, the, uh, the weight of the airship would, uh, would the, the way the airship would drop, so the thrust became faster. And he came up with the, uh, with the calculus to not only figure out for airships, but also for rocket ships, if you were burning fuel and oxidizer in outer space, how much faster, you know, the, like the ultimate total impulse of a rocket ship. And, you know, this, nobody had ever done that before. And here he was applying math and using, um, you know, time series, basically calculus to, uh, to calculate what is now the basis of all modern rocket science and, and the, 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 basically the equations for rocket science. So he really was the inventor of rocketry. And if anybody deserves a, a crater on the moon named after them, it's Tsiolkovsky. Um, don't I'll get down off my soapbox now. But that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> he was yeah. a great. He was he was every bit as good as, as as Goddard. He just didn't build those things. Wow, interesting. Yeah, that's a um, lot of a lot of moon history there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I I love the moon. I, lo I you know if if more people would go out and take a look at it. If, if you've got binoculars in your house, you can be a moon explorer. It's uh it's always great to look at if you've got. I know people think, oh, there's a full moon. I should look at it. That's the worst time to look at the moon. The moon doesn't have any kinds of shadows when you're looking at a full moon because it's it's high noon on the moon when you're looking at a, at a full moon. So try to look at it in the first quarter or if you get up in the morning, look at it on the last quarter. Half moons, you can, you can always see nice shadowing. I mean, that, that's, why, that's why the lunar astronauts uh, landed on the moon when it was dawn because these shadows are very stark and they show off the, um, the topographic features of the moon very easily. So if you've got, you know, check your, check your calendar, see if you've got a first quarter moon, that's a great time to look at it. You can, you can spot on the Eastern, on the Eastern side of the moon, just after sunset uh, and a first quarter moon, you'll see there's, there's four uh, mares. I, I can teach this part over the, over the microphones. There's four mares or, or seas, what the, what the Italian, what Galileo called seas. The first one, the easternmost one about at the equator is one called the Sea of Crises. And then uh, there's three that form uh, like a chain that go from about one o'clock on the moon to three o'clock on the moon. That's uh, serenity, tranquility, and fertility. And then uh, down at the uh, at the bottom of the the sea of uh, fertility is the uh, sea of nectar. And uh, just uh, in the middle there, that sea of tranquility, which is where Neil and Buzz, everybody knows they landed in the sea of tranquility. If you look at the sea of tranquility. And uh, you use the Terminator as north to south. On the Sea of Tranquility, they landed at about 7.30. If you picture uh, the Sea of Tranquility as a circle, they're, they're about 7.30 or so. There's a, little, there's a little notch, a little triangular notch. That's where West Crater is. And they landed just a little bit off from, from West Crater on the, uh, on the Sea of Tranquility. So uh, something to do when, you, when you've got a nice clear night. And I know uh, it, as we're recording, the springtime is coming. So it's, it, good weather will be coming up. So it's a good time to, to go out and check out the moon that so many people 
have looked at for thousands and thousands of years and and 12 people actually set foot on it so anyway that that gets me away from this minute of <laughs> of mayhem because it's just the uh and i i mean i guess the people that were doing the script supervision on this i don't think they ran it by tom hanks because i can't imagine tom hanks going for uh what they were saying about the moon and what he was seeing at the window it was just <laughs> a little bit frustrating uh, <laughs> So that that's my rant. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're okay. You have to have a cold drink or something there. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go get a paper bag. And re- I'll, be, I'll breathe into a paper bag for about ten minutes. I'll be fine. Or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny. So oh. I mean, usually usually we say this was a really good minute, but no, it was really it's a really just a horrible minute. It, it's it, uh, yeah. It's yeah. uh not a not a historically accurate or scientifically accurate minute. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's as we're finished as we finish up the minute here. Uh, Hay says, you know, they're talking about the ejecta blanket of Sarkovsky uh, crater. It does have a bit of an ejecta blanket, but it's not it's not the way he's describing it. But he was, I mean, if you want to do that, go with Tycho crater. Tycho crater, you can see the ejecta from from Earth. It's just these beautiful gigantic rays. As Hayes is talking about, it, he says, you know, it's beautiful, and and there's Mare Imbrium to the north again. Mare Imbrium is in the center, it's it's kind of the North Sea of uh, of the Moon. I mean, you're looking up at the the Sea of Showers is if, if right at the midline of the Moon. It's about where the eleven o'clock position is on a clock. It's uh, it's easy to spot, but you're they're on the wrong side of the Moon, so it's like, <laughs> they're not going to see it from where they're looking out the window. <sighs> well, I'm going to go have a nice quiet lie down, but uh, hope. Hopefully tomorrow will be less, less, uh, more fact and less, less uh, silly drama. Thoughts, Chris? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I kind of monopolized. I'm fresh this out. You got it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, let's just put this to bed uh, for for now, and uh, we can come back tomorrow and, and, and think happy thoughts in between. So, uh, it, for folks who would like to talk about their experiences with the moon and and listening to. Uh, uh, the poor information about uh, about astronomy and such. I uh, would love to hear from you. Please check us out on social media. We're always available on Facebook at uh, the Apollo 13 Minutes uh, Mission Control. You, know, you can always tweet at us too at, uh, uh, where are we at? Oh yeah, Apollo 13 Minute. And uh, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, we're, we're much happier and less concerned about what's going on in terms of reality. <laughs> go check out previous episodes on Apollo 13 Minute. Tell your friends, go subscribe on uh, iTunes, Google Play, or uh, Spotify now. And uh, we'd be happy to have more listeners. Uh, also, if you happen to be if you happen to be an iTunes subscriber, could you check us out and do us a really really big favor? Go to uh, go to the review section of iTunes and just leave us a good review. Click on all the buttons that say you know star 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 would listen to again that kind of stuff. That always helps us find new new listeners and and the more people that hear from us, the more maybe maybe the next time they make a, if they do a remake of Apollo thirteen, they'll get the moon right. So we'll keep our <laughs> fingers crossed. Wow. Well, it looks like we're coming up in. Uh, uh, on, on our on our show here for a uh, uh, loss of signal in about 30 seconds so we will see you here tomorrow on the Apollo 13 minute